0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Read More Podcast, the show that brings readers and writers together. I'm your host, Marva Hinton. Today, I'm welcoming Jennifer Maritza McCauley to the show. Her critically acclaimed short story collection, When Trying to Return Home, was published in February. It explores what home means and the ways in which characters are constantly trying to make their way back there or figure out where they belong. Through nine stories, which feature Black American characters and Afro Puerto Rican characters. Jennifer, congratulations on this collection. I love these stories and the characters you created. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. What is it about home for you and figuring out what that means that drew you to this topic for your collection?
1: Yeah. So I think every single character is kind of wrestling with where they belong, whether that be to, their family members, or to a physical location, um, and originally, the collection was linked um, through boundedness, so it was originally called Where I'm Bound, um, but then I realized, okay, so this is not, this book isn't really about characters being bound, it's it's about them looking for home, um, so I think I've lived in uh, several places myself, so I've been, I've just been jumping around a lot, and I've been thinking a lot about that question, what does it mean to really be home, and I ended up Feeling as if it was something that I found within myself. Um, but my characters are still sort of searching for for that. Um, so I think it's kind of a personal journey and also um, you know, a fictional journey that I'm trying to get across.
0: Well, one of the things I really enjoyed about this collection is the way you started off. Like, you know, your first story, uh, torsion is just such a gut punch of a story. Um, it's about a woman who uh, quote, unquote, loves her children too much. And she is forcing her child, her oldest child, to help her kidnap her youngest, who is in foster care. And you just throw the reader into this impossible situation and we start this wild ride with you. And I really enjoyed this story and feel like it works great as a beginning to the collection. I'm always curious about how writers decide to order their stories in a collection. And, um, you know, sometimes you get a sort of slow burn that is taking you to a point. And, and other times you start with a story like torsion, which is just this big grab you story from the beginning. How did you decide to start with that story? And what is it about it that makes you feel like this is how I want to introduce readers to my writing? That's a fantastic question.
1: Um, yeah, I went through a I I kind of went through a, a couple of different stories as the first one, um, but I realized that I wanted to kind of start. I realized it was like, okay, what am I? How am I going to set the tone for this collection? And it's going to be. And I was like, oh, a character probably leaving their home and wondering where their home would be. Um, so maybe I'll start there. And I also knew that it was kind of an edgier story. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'll start off with a bang um and if they don't like this then you know they're not going to like the rest of the collection um but then I, but then tonally I like to get I like to the stories to get a little bit quieter then get louder quieter louder and then that's that's kind of what I was thinking about
0: mm-hmm. another thing i really like about this collection is the way you revisit characters from other stories so A lot of times when I'm reading a short story collection, I really like a character and I'm like, oh, I wonder what happens with them. I'd like to see them again. And that's something that you give us in this collection. And I was wondering, how did you decide which characters to revisit? And was that your initial plan or did you decide later? Oh, I really want to check up on someone like Estelle or someone like Sophie, um, who are characters who reappear across more than one story. Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I kind of wrote this, this collection in two stages. So the first stage was nothing was connected. Um, and there was a draft of that and it went off and it did well in contest, but it, I still didn't, it just still wasn't what I was looking for. Um, so I wanted to keep working on the collection. Um, and I realized that there, that I wanted the characters to kind of walk in and out of each other's stories, but I didn't know exactly how to do that. So one day I just wrote good guys, um, and that's a story about a whole bunch of young men that are jockeying for nuns affection. fiction. <laughs> um, but I wrote that all in one sitting. And I, it took me months to edit, but I, t- I wrote it all in one sitting. And I thought, okay, so what about the nun story? I don't really have her story. Um, so maybe I'll write that later. Second stage was actually just connecting everything together and trying to figure out which character appeared in which story, um, who was going to reappear. When trying to return home started off as a poem in my um, first book. Um, And then I turned that into um, a short story in this collection. And then I had that character. Um, I try to make that character the teacher from Good Guys. So I just, I ended up, there's some connections that were already there, some that weren't there. And I try to kind of piece it all together. And my editor, Dan Lopez um, at Counterpoint, really helped me out a lot with that as well. He had a map and charts and everything. So, (laughs) yeah.
0: Well, are you done with these characters now or do you think you might revisit them again down the line in some other work
1: um i've thought about that a lot i've had a couple of readers that have told me they wanted to have a novel with Estelle and mavis i'm not really in that space right now um but you never know i think that um i think i'm done with all the characters for now i think that if i do have a connection to the characters Um, It'll be a really vague connection in my next short story collection, um, but I don't think I'm going to revisit these characters again. I think I'm done with them for now, but I'm not going to never say never.
0: It was interesting to me that you mentioned that initially this collection was going to be about characters who are bound Mm -hmm. um, because as i was reading i felt like a lot of your characters were looking to escape you know either Mm. from something or someone or a place even that they felt was binding them right as a writer what is this notion about freedom that intrigues you that you want to explore yeah what a great question um yeah, you know, I
1: think as as a black latina woman, you know, I think that I have been bound by many different systems and so I kind of have that lived experience of that. Um and a lot of my characters are also sort of um you know, they have the weight and the burden of societal pressures of familial pressures of a lot of things that are just riding on them Um, and I wanted those characters to at least attempt to escape some of those chains or some of the that boundedness um, and find a place where they can you know relax or they can you know feel as if they belong and that kind of goes into the home themes. I like imagining characters who are at least able to lose those bonds. And if they're not able to lose those bonds, then um, I'd like them to at least attempt to. And I think the attempt will also kind of show us, you know, where and who is not free in, in our society.
0: Well, most of your stories um, introduced us to women characters and really took us into their heads. Uh, you also have some interesting male characters here that, you um, You've already mentioned this story, but I was really struck by the young men you write about in Good Guys, and you know they're taking community college classes. And there's this one man in particular, Alejandro, who thinks of himself as a good guy, and um, and you know he's trying to live up to that title, but he often compares himself to another guy in the class, and he he doesn't think of it as good. Um, but by the end, he is questioning. Um, you know, is he really a good guy? And um, I thought that was very interesting, the way you got into their heads. And i just wondering, for you, what is it about, you know, young men and this sort of push-pull that they face about, you know, wanting to do the right thing, but they're also being influenced by society and culture and all these expectations about, you know, how a man should be that made you want to explore these characters?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I grew up, you know, with a younger brother who I am very close to. And we pretty much talked to, to each other about everything. So I think I absorbed a lot of his sort of, you know, his and his friends are my friends. So, you know, and some of his friends are kind of wrong. <laughs> um, and also being in South Florida, you know, I've met a lot of different, you know, Alejandro's. Um, so I think, and having a lot of male friends, I think I had those, all those voices in my head. Um, but I also, you know, as a teacher, I feel as if I have a sort of like maternal sort of love for um, all of my students and young men and wanting them to be better and all these things. So I think I kind of have that too. Um, but um, I didn't I I didn't want to kind of write a moralistic story. Um, I kind of wanted it to I wanted you to question whether Alejandro was good while he's questioning it, but I didn't necessarily want there to be an answer at the end of that. Uh, So that's kind of what I was going for um, in that story. But, um, yeah, I think I just find I just find that demographic really fascinating, I guess. And I think that growing up with a young brother, I think with a with a brother, I think um, kind of influenced that a lot.
0: Well, now I would like to switch gears a little bit and talk about what you like to read and what you've been influenced by. Uh, Do you have what I like to call any um, go to books, which, you know, books you return to again and again? I mean, maybe you read them cover to cover, or maybe you just pick it up and read a passage that you love um, that you just, you know, you're just really drawn to and you kind of can't put those books down, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, so this was a gift. Um, this is Toni Morrison back here. So Toni Morrison is kind of the one is was kind of the big writer for me when I was um, a teenager. I just wasn't exposed to a lot of um, writing by people of color. So I it, and black writers, so I what I went out and sort of sought that out myself. Um, and my parents, you know, gave me a lot of great African American literature. Um, so and great Latino literature. Um, So I kind of had that in my own space, but I didn't have it at school. So I kind of sought out on my own. I found Toni Morrison, and she just changed everything for me. I was like this incredible black woman writer um, who just it was ridiculously inspiring. I think the first book I read by her was *Tar Baby*, which is not most people's first book (laughs) by Toni Morrison, but. That was really influential just because I just the narrative movement was absolutely incredible. The language was amazing. Um, You know, I was I wanted to be a poet um, when I was young, too. So I was really drawn by the lyrical language. Um, But I think my favorite book by her is Beloved, for sure. Um, So I come back to that book. I try to teach it every semester. I reread it over and over again just to kind of study it. Um, But that's definitely a big one. Um James Baldwin's Giovanni's Room is really a wonderful book that I come back to over and over again um Myra santos febres um is a black puerto rican writer um and I come back to her just her entire um all of the work that she's done. I come back to it over and over again. her collection Tercer Mundo is really fantastic um Our Lady of the Night is really great um so these are writers that I kind of come back to her, and over and over again.
0: Oh, it's interesting you mentioned that print because I was really drawn to that. Uh, uh, Listeners won't be able to see this, but she has just a lovely, very large uh, Toni Morrison um, portrait on her wall behind her, which is very striking. So um, I was going to ask you about that next. It's very beautiful. Um, What about sort of the opposite of go-to books? I'm wondering, do you have any books that maybe you feel like, you know, you're kind of looking at them differently than everybody else. Maybe it's very, very popular. um, But you just were never able to get into it. Or maybe you um, couldn't even finish it. Or, you know, maybe you did finish it. But then you're just like, I don't get it. You know, I don't understand why this is being, you know, pumped up so much. For me, it's not doing that.
1: Right, right. That's a great question. Um, Let me, okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, I will say it. Yeah. So um, I teach a book sometimes called Making Shapely Fiction by Gerald Stern, Um, and it has a lot of rules um, as to how to approach fiction and how to approach sort of successful fiction, and I teach that to my students, but I also teach it to them as a way of pushing back against rules, so okay, you should do this. This book says you should do this, this, this to create successful fiction. But what if you didn't do this? What if you did this? What if you do this? What if you broke the rules? What if you pushed the envelope a little bit? Um, So I like that book because I like teaching against it sometimes. Um, So (laughs) that's probably my answer.
0: Well, what are you reading right now? Um, So I absolutely love this book
1: by Dr. Claire Jimenez called What Happened to Ruthie Ramirez. Um, This is fantastic. I really love it. it's about um, a family who loses their um, young daughter and they think that she has gone missing on a reality TV show, but they don't really know where she's gone. Um, and the whole book is kind of unfolding is sort of unfolding, you know, where she is, um, you know, is she this person that's on television, you know, did something terrible really happen to her um, and the family dynamics um, of this Puerto Rican family? I think it's, it's a really fantastic book.
0: And what about your own work? Are you already working on something new now, or are you uh, just sort of trying to figure out what your next project's going to be?
1: Yeah, um, I have a poetry collection coming out next year, um, and I finished a short story collection, and I finished a novel, and those are on submission right now, so they're being submitted to publishers. So we'll see what happens.
0: Jennifer, Maritza, Macaulay, I want to thank you so much for coming on Read More to talk about your short story collection when trying to return home. I have really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Thank you so much for your fabulous questions.
0: In November, Jennifer was on a panel at the Miami Book Fair. I want to thank the organizers for helping me to secure an interview with her. Please go to our website, readmorepodcast.com, to find out how you can win a free copy of When Trying to Return Home. You can also help Jennifer and the show by buying her book on our site. Please follow us on what I will always call Twitter at Read More Podcast and like us on Facebook. Join us again next time for another edition of the show that brings readers and writers together. Until then, I'm Marva Hinton reminding you to read more.